0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart.
1: Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, everybody? The Golden Edge Podcast is back, and there's a whole lot of things back that we need to talk about, starting... We've been Goats right across the way. You what are up? back. up? I am
2: back in Las Vegas. It's an exciting
1: time. We missed you the last couple of weeks. I mean, the podcast was so much better with Dave around. I assume. So, so much different, obviously. Um, we needed your enthusiasm and your energy back, so we're very, very happy that you're back. But we have gone up from seventh when you left in the world rankings to fourth now. So I don't know if that's because you were gone or we're just kind of finding a rhythm here or what, but I think we can build it even more now that you're back. I,
2: I, I hope so. You know, I think that you're going with the old uh, Patrick Ewing theory perpetuated by uh, Bill Simmons that you take, you know, the best player out of the lineup and somehow you get better. Yeah. I'm hoping to do a LeBron James Miami Heat situation where I come in with Dwayne Wade and just the entire water level rises. There
1: you go. That's that's solid. That is good, Always good school. to make a
2: basketball analogy on a hockey podcast. Yes,
1: good old school references, too. I'm liking that with the uh, going all the way back to Patrick Ewing. We're good. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're excited about that. We're trying to climb the rankings here. So make sure you check us out. Tell your friends. Tell everyone. Post on social media about how great we are. Uh, we'll keep rising in those rankings. And you would listen to us every week from here in the luxurious Review Journal podcast studios. Very happy to be here and back. And Ben, besides you, there's so many returns. We got Paul Stastny back. We've got the Golden Knights back in Las Vegas. Everything's coming back right now. Malcolm Subban is back from what I assume was a month-long vacation. It seemed that way. He, w- he was definitely uh, missing an action on the ice, for sure, and he's back um, and off of, of a very good performance. A lot of things back. Some things maybe not back, like, I don't know, Max Pacioretty, who we're, we're still kind of unsure of his status and what's going on with him. Also, reports from the coaching staff of who's playing and who's hurt are not back. Those are gone now. Uh, So we'll find out a little bit more about that. But a lot to get into. We're going to hear from Dave Shane, who is actually on this road trip with the Golden Knights, just returned today as we are taping this on Tuesday morning with the Golden Knights having wrapped up their four-game Eastern Conference road trip. So we'll hear from Dave in a little bit about a lot of news that went down on the trip. But right now, status report on the Golden Knights, they're playing pretty well.
2: Yeah, not bad. 2 1 and 1 on this road trip, which is pretty solid considering they hadn't played that well on the road. So, getting five points out of a possible eight, I think you can call it a pretty successful road trip. And if they hadn't kind of blown that game in New Jersey, we'd be talking about potentially a seven point or six point, I should say. Uh, road we'll figure trip out for the them. math, yes, a six point, six trip point, sure. which would be even better. And, of course, they got Paul Stasny back, which was huge. And he scored his first goal as a Golden Knight and got his first assist. Took a little bit longer than I think we were anticipating because he got hurt earlier yeah. in the season in that Buffalo game. You didn't think it was going to be almost Christmas? Didn't quite think that, yeah, uh, Paul Stasny's Christmas gift to Golden Knights fans would be his first goal of the season. But that All-American line that they finally, <laughs> finally got together after we talked all off season about Paul Stasny, Max Pacioretty, Alex Tuck, all
1: good American-born players. I'm all about those American players. Uh, That's good, good the, impression thank of, you. of something. I don't know, a generic random to southern midwesterner i don't know yeah i just kind of threw that together okay solid but it played really well for the one game
2: it was together because so then of course max patch gets hurt and the best laid plans kind of go to waste yet again as that line is potentially not going to get together by the time the golden knights play their next game depending yeah. on what we hear about max patch which we might not even hear until he gets
1: back on the ice yeah, as you said we're never going to hear again <laughs> we're never going to find out anything again and we'll we'll get into that situation uh, with Dave in just a couple of minutes when we hear from him, uh, the other one, and we can check in with Dave on this too. But somebody who's not coming back anytime soon, Eric Haula, because we were kind of under the assumption he was going to be out long term, and that he had surgery, and that they were trying to, you know, figure out a timetable and everything else. And we get confirmation from Dave on this road trip that Eric Haula did have surgery and will not be out for, will not be back for a while but we really still don't know exactly the details on the injury.
2: Yeah, it was interesting. Dave got to you know, sit down with George McPhee and confirmed that he had surgery. But we know the only thing he would say is it's not an ACL tear. He George McPhee had seen that there was a rumor out there that, yeah, Holland tore an ACL in his knee. That's not true, according to McPhee. And he called it a, quote-unquote, unique injury, which I don't think if you're a hockey player you ever want to hear that you have a unique injury. Injury. If you're an athlete
1: of any kind, if you're a person,
2: if you're a person, you don't yeah. want to be. You want to don't want to be in the journals, basically. Well, you
1: don't you don't want to go into the into the hospital or the doctor's office and just have have them all go. Hmm. Well, this is unique. Never seen this before. Yeah. You you want to go into everyone? Like, come take a look yes, at this. Yes, you want to hear. Oh yeah, we do this every day. Right. Yeah. You yeah you don't want to be the guinea pig that everybody's you know they're as you said they're calling in the other doctors and like hey wait we're not going to operate on you for a while we need to fly in some people to study what's going on with you.
2: Yeah, so they still don't have, like, an official timetable for him because it's apparently such a unique situation. I mean, we do know it's months. We're looking at months here. They're not officially ruling him out for the season, but it seems like if he's coming back at all, we're talking way late in the season, potentially to the point where do you really want to work him back up to speed
1: at, like, the end of the regular season, potentially, like, even in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, and and like we said, we don't – it's a lot of speculation about exactly what the injury is and you know, would he be risking it to come back too soon, or would it be if, if he pushes to come back, you know, two weeks left in the regular season and try to make that final push, is it gonna be bad for his long term future? If it's so unique, they might not know. Right. Like how you know how much it will hurt him in the future to to push an injury like that. So a lot of things still to be worked out with Eric Allah but that's where they stand right now. Definitely out, head surgery. Not defi- not definitely, not definitively, I should say, ruled out for the entire season, but will be a while before we see him again on the ice, if at all, this season. So a lot of, you know, kind of, we touched on a lot of the, the stories right there, a lot of what's going on. Let's get some more details on that uh, with Dave Shane, our fellow Review Journal reporter from the Review Journal. What's going on, man? Not much, not much. Just
0: got back from... Uh Columbus and other places. So, yeah. trying to get my uh, get my stuff in order here on the off day.
1: So let's jump it right into the big story that we thought from the from the week, which was the handling of the Max Pacioretty injury situation. Um, the first one. <laughs> the the first one, because now there's another one that we're although it could be related. I assume that it probably is. It, it seemed like there was something that was uh, not right anyway, and then he uh, certainly appeared to tweak something even further last night, but let's go from the beginning and I'll, I'll set up with the fact that Max Pacioretty, it was a couple weeks ago that he left the ice early at practice. We had asked Gerard Gallant, what is going on with Max? Why did he leave? And he said, he's not feeling well the next day. Once again, he said, he's still not feeling well. Um, We questioned him on that. Like what does not feeling well mean? Max Pacioretty then told us, yeah, I tweaked something. So he kind of confirmed, yeah, it was an injury. But he's going to be okay. He's going to try to go forward. And then he didn't play well a couple of games. It looked like he was still laboring a little bit. And then there was a whole thing uh, that that involved uh, you asking Gerard Gallant about it. So just kind of walk us in from that point of, you know, it's on the road trip. Max Petretti looks like he's not going to play. And, you, you know, what happened there?
0: Okay. <laughs> Let's start from the beginning. So I got to New Jersey for uh, for the practice, for the morning skate. Uh, and I had was all ready to uh, write down my lines and, you know, send it out and whatever. And they went to the line rushes and I noticed it just was not right. It kind of took me a second or two and I realized that Patrick skating as an extra with the fourth line in the line rushes. And I kind of thought in my eye, well, you know, with the morning ski, it's an optional ski, who you knows? But it just seemed a little weird. And then, at the end of practice, they were working on their power play stuff. So, during the media availability, obviously, I asked Char Gallant if there was something wrong with with Max. Gallant, the answer to me was not that I'm aware of, why? But so then I said, you know, okay, well, he wasn't skating with his lion and he wasn't skating on the power play. Gallant kind of smiled and he said, no, he's fine, et cetera, et cetera, and then also mention, you know, we have to scratch something tonight. You know, we'll figure it out before warm-up, but Max is fine. Well, I may be a little bit new on this beat, but I can put two and two together and come up with four and realize, okay, Max Pacioretty sounds like he might be scratched tonight. And then you, com- you, know, you combine that with him saying that he's fine, that there's nothing wrong with him, and it makes it look like he's a healthy scratch. Well, that's a bad look for the Golden Knights. Uh, you can't really healthy scratch the guy, even though he's struggled or whatever. You know, when you trade three draft picks and, you know, Nick Suzuki and Tatar and, you know, the giant package that it all kind of worked out and signed into a $7 million extension, it, it just, it, it's a bad look. So essentially what happened at that point was the Golden Knights realized that Gerard Blanc saying that he was fine while he was trying to not give away his lineup, while he was trying not to tip off the Devils, it ended up just causing a, a can I say, poop storm? Is that acceptable for <laughs> sure. our club? Huh? Sure, why not. To the point that Max Patrick, his agent was on Twitter, basically kind of going at people, uh, you know, HIPAA, there's HIPAA rules and things like that. He's not allowed to comment on injuries directly, but he was very much intimating, like, look, if you think that he's a healthy, healthy scratch, you're an idiot, um, that he clearly is got something going on. So at that point, the Globe Knights said, okay, he has a minor injury. They're holding him out for precautionary reasons. Basically felt like if they gave him a day or two of rest, he'd be okay rather than have him go through the game, possibly aggravate something. Uh, make it worse in this, you know, four, six, eight games. So, with all of that, let me, let me, let me also say this. Let me tell you what it wasn't. Okay, it wasn't that Matt Touch already violated a team rule or anything like that, and it wasn't that somebody outplayed him and they had to help him scratch, and then trying to cover their, you know, what by saying, "Oh, I know no, he's fine," or this, you know, or you now he's hurt or, or whatever. It's, that's not what happened. Uh, He clearly had a minor injury. He clearly had something that was bothering him. And and they clearly decided as management, as a team, as an organization, whatever it might be, to rest him for a game against New Jersey, who at that point was bottom of the barrel in the Eastern Conference. It was also something that I asked George McPhee about during my interview with him. He gave the same thing. You know, look back to the minor injury. We're just holding him out. We don't want him to miss you know, six, eight games like that. So all this other speculation and all the other things, I mean, we can talk about, you know, injury reports and NHL, you know, teams being deceptive and all that sort of stuff. That's fine. But this this wasn't a matter of Gerard Gallant basically making a PR error. He said something he essentially shouldn't have said. He could have told me to, you know, go kick rocks. He could have told me, I'll find out at warm-ups. Uh, he could have told me, we're not sure yet, but Max is fine and there's nothing wrong with him. Because as soon as he said that, everybody jumped to a whole lot of conclusions. And then at that point, the team's got to, you know, basically cover its tracks. I mean, essentially, this is Jordan McPhee having a policy of not wanting to discuss injuries, not wanting to disclose anything, not wanting to talk about anything regarding injuries, lineups, ups whatever. And... That policy, while it may make sense to him, also puts his coach and other members of the organization in very tough situations at times. And this happened to be one of those just tough situations where Gerard Gallant got kind of backed into the corner, I guess. I, I You know, I, I don't want to pat my, myself on the back and, and whatever, but I just honestly think they felt like nobody was going to notice and nobody was going to ask. And then as soon as somebody asked, they just didn't have the right answer at that point. And then everything kind of blew up in their face.
2: Right. So you're basically, you know, Gerard Galan is essentially a a bad liar, didn't have a a statement prepared for how he was going to address this situation if it happened. Because at first when I read it too, it almost sounded like a veiled shot at Max Pacioretty where Gerard was, you know, with the whole healthy scratch thing, taking the opportunity to at least take a subtle dig at how he had been playing,
0: right? And that's why, and that's why everybody went crazy about it because it made it look like not Tachariti was going to be a healthy scratch. I, I mean, that, it was nothing more than Jardelan's first instinct in that situation is don't give anything away, and most coaches in that situation, their first instinct is don't give anything away. Uh, if if I'm in that spot, I probably don't want New Jersey to know that, you know, one of the Golden Knights' best players is not going to play that night. I totally understand where Jargon's coming from on that. I totally understand why he did what he did. Now, as far as the look, as far as if there are better things that he could have said, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure, you know, down the line, if it ever happens again or something like that, he'll come up with a better answer. But at that particular time, at that particular moment, yeah, it was just don't let anybody know, which is kind of the the nature of the NHL. Uh, you know, I mean we have Gary Bettman talking about, you know, we don't think we need, you know, to release injury reports and we don't want players targeted and things like that. If the commissioner of the league is saying things like that, what incentive do the teams have to release anything? Now obviously you can look around the league and Chicago felt it was appropriate to, you know, release that Corey Crawford had a concussion. I think it was pretty obvious that Corey Crawford had a concussion. Corey Crawford's also got a history with it. There's some other things. Now, personally, if I'm going to step away from this, concussions are the one thing that I wish everybody would disclose because of the nature of it, because of, you know, just this day and age, you, you just, it's too serious of an issue. But, you know, if Max Pacioretty has a a hamstring or a, you know, a finger or you know, if he put his toenail too tight and you know has a hangnail, whatever it might be that they felt like was minor enough that they wanted to sit him, you know, they're gonna do what they can to to cover that up. Now, all that being said, had that game been a playoff game, Max Pacioretty would have been in the lineup. A hundred percent, he would have been in the lineup. It, that's all it was was a precaution. That's all it was is them trying to get him healthy for the long term, for the for the rest of the season. Not try to, you know, have anything, you know, linger for the last, you know, fifty plus game. And essentially, what it was it was just a PR boo boo.
1: So here's here's the the fallout from it is they have said they're not going to discuss lineup and injury situations anymore. We'll see how long that lasts, but I'm sure there's some people, and I saw them on Twitter. They came at me with who cares, What like, we just want to watch the game. When the game happens, we'll watch it, and whoever's playing is playing. And and I guess that's fine on some level. There are a lot of fans that actually want to know the details and the intricacies of what's going on. And here's the other one. The NHL and the Golden Knights individually both just took a whole lot of money from sportsbook operators. The NHL has a deal with MGM. The Golden Knights have a deal with William Hill. Like, if you're going to have these partnerships – and you're going to be taking all this money, the information is going to have to be out there. It is. And whether you like it or not, that's the market we live in now. So I think that could become an issue as well with the deciding on how to report things.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like I said, I'll go back to my comments that when the commissioner is saying that, that we don't want players targeted, that we don't want to release that information, that we're fine with how it's handled right now, you know, there's there's nothing incentivizing the teams to you know to do anything. I mean, I can think of a few teams um, you know, Dallas comes to mind. I think last year when Hitchcock was there, he even made a comment early in the year about like, look, we're just going to tell you guys, I'm tired of playing this game. You go on Google or Twitter and find out anyway, so we're just going to tell you. And you know what? That'd be nice, I and mean, it would be great if they could do some kind of injury report the way that the NHL does or, you know, disclose things the way that the nba does i think it's probably closer you know to the nba in terms of the 82 game schedule and you have a little more of that you know three game a week kind of thing as opposed to the nfl where you've got a weekly you know kind of injury report you can track a guy all through the week during practice and things like that it's much tougher obviously with you know nhl nba um, to do that sort of thing but like you said you bring up a good point and money talks and at some point if Gary Bettman, you know, has enough people in his ear explaining, look, we can't continue to have this go on this way. It's got to change. We have to do something, you know, then then maybe we'll see a change. But it, for right now, short term, I, I just don't see the NHL feeling like it needs to do that. I don't think the NHL feels like that is in its
1: best interest. So real quick, just a couple more things. We'll we'll, we'll let you out of here and enjoy your, uh, your return day, your off day here uh, after the road trip. But um ryan reeves was also a scratch on this trip they do you know they need to scratch one of the forwards uh was your sense there was something with ryan reeves or was he just the one that was up for that night
0: no i honestly think that one had more to do with the play of oscar lindberg to be quite honest i think he's played so well that that turk said we got to keep him in the lineup and that was kind of the the way that they went about keeping oscar lindberg in the lineup um you know, it's real easy for him to kind of reunite that international line with Nosek, uh, Belmer, Carrier. They played together a bunch last year. Um, obviously, he could catch a ready spot. Uh, that December 4th game that we had mentioned earlier against the Caps that he missed with uh, not feeling well. Lindbergh had a couple assists. Um, he's played well. And, and honestly, I, th- I think it's just more about keeping him in the, in the lineup. But I think, you know, we saw that even on Monday night in Columbus that They scratched Ryan Carpenter to keep Oscar Lindbergh in the lineup. Um, Just kind of the way it worked out, I don't know if it was something maybe a little further in terms of the Rangers and and their personnel and kind of the matchup and style of game that Golan was wanting them to play in terms of game plan and things like that.
2: Yeah, well, also on the ice last night, Dave, was Malcolm Subban for the first time in a month. It just seemed crazy. Fleury kept getting start after start, but they finally put the backup in on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, what did you see from Suban last night, and what did you hear from him after the game?
0: I mean, he was good. Certainly one nothing game was not anything, you know, to fault him on. Did everything he could to get them one point uh, and maybe put them in a position where if they got to overtime, that they could even steal two points. I mean, he played well. Somebody pointed this out to me, and it's a fair point. But he's just a monster on breakaways other than when Phil Kessel is the one taking him. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know that he's given up a goal on a shootout. He obviously had the big save early against DeClaire. I mean, everything we kind of saw last night was what you had kind of hoped and, and thought you would see from Malcolm that all along. Um, it was encouraging. I think it's positive. There's things to build on going forward. Uh, and I think what will be more interesting is they have another back-to-back uh, kind of a day and a night back-to-back coming up this week, Montreal and then uh, and then the Kings. So we'll see if, uh, if you know, Drogon gives him one of those games, if he gives them maybe a the Montreal game or if he gives them the Kings game. Um, but I think if nothing else, if they were wavering, if they had any doubts or anything like that of, you know, we, we got to, you know, continue to ride floor, We can't play him right now. I think all that went out the window last night. I, mean, I think the bigger issue is that when he's in, in goal, they got a score for the dude. I mean, they've got six goals in five of his starts. So, I mean, yeah, you can take the Calgary game, and if they'd scored in that game, it probably wouldn't have made much of a difference. But some of those other games, and especially last night, you know, if they get one or two goals, I mean, it's completely different, and we're not talking about him being... 0-5 oh, and, and, and struggling and all those sorts of things, he have a couple wins, you know, and, and then we'd just be talking about, you know, how many games does he get this year as opposed to can he get one game?
2: Yeah, it's kind of tough for him because they've basically only played him on the road on second nights of back-to-backs, so they're not exactly putting him in great positions to succeed or build his confidence, so I think it would be really good for him to get one of these upcoming, you know, back-to-back home games just because... The only time he's played in front of T Mobile Arena this season is the first game of the season when he had to be put in for Marc Andre Fleury who had given up so many goals and got pulled.
0: Yeah. I mean I think the Dallas game uh last week, the ninth, was a game that I definitely thought set up um to play Malcolm. Obviously they decided to play Fleury. Uh it worked out well. They won that game. Um Santa Ron's comment about, you know, look, we're not in first place. We're chasing. I do think there's been a little bit, a slight overreaction to his workload. If you, excuse me, if you go back and you look at stats and things like that, goaltenders getting 65, 67, 68, 69 games is very normal. So I think everybody that went crazy, oh, my God, they're going to the wear him now, and all they're running him into the ground and all, you know, all this sort of stuff. I mean, yeah, it looked like it, and yeah, he was really busy, and yeah, maybe there's a game or two where you could look at it and go, looked a little tired. Um, I thought the Rangers game, he actually looked a little bit like he was kind of getting toward the end of, of it and needed
1: a day off. Well, we feel much better and much more confident about this podcast since you were on it, Dave. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And uh, we definitely appreciate the side trip in Columbus. Thanks, Dave. Right, guys. Enjoy. Thanks, sir. So that was Dave Shane, who was on the trip with the Golden Knights. He is back now, and the team is back now, so... A lot of road games in the first half of the season. We're getting close to that halfway mark. A lot of home games coming up in the second half. Golden Knights are playing pretty well, building up some points. They're chasing in the division, but we've talked a lot about the division. The division's gotten a lot better, a lot better, and a lot tighter. Yeah, and and I don't like. I heard somebody say it again the other day. Well, that you know they're they're starting to build up points now. The division stinks, and I was like, yeah, that was a couple weeks ago. Like, start looking again. Calgary's playing really well. San Jose, who we thought was the class of the division, has won four in a row. Like teams are building up points now. The weird thing is the Golden Knights have, as you said, played really well over
2: the last you know couple weeks. They have moved barely an inch in the standings. Yeah. They are not in the top three of the Pacific. They are in the first wild card spot right now, and they have the first wild card spot by a point yeah. over the suddenly surging Edmonton Oilers, who are playing so much better since they put Ken Hitchcock in charge yeah. of the bench. Edmonton's only one point behind them, and Edmonton has played two fewer games than them, so they can catch them easily. They're one point behind San Jose for that third spot in the Pacific, six points outside of first place Calgary.
1: I mean, so it's really tight. The one place it has moved a little bit is the the other division has fallen back to where it looked like for the first you know two months of the season that there was no way a wild card was coming out of the Pacific, and now all of a sudden it looks like the pacific is where the wild cards are going to come out of. so that's what has changed, but certainly they are still they're still building. they're still trying to get there, they're still trying to chase to where they want to be and you know, to have a season like last year it's going to be very difficult. i think i saw they'd have to win 74% of their games the rest of the way to get to the point total they had last year. so it's a different season, but really you just want to be there. you want to be there, be healthy when you get to the playoffs and you know, be prepared to make another deep run. It's not necessarily about seating. In fact, in the NHL, it's really not about seating at all. No,
2: seating doesn't really matter in the NHL. And that's one of the reasons that the playoffs are so great and why I think the NHL playoffs are the most fun postseason in professional sports.
1: Now, that being said, the Golden Knights are, once again, way better at home than they are on the road. So they want to have at least home ice for some of those series. So they do want to get, you know, their position worked out there. But a lot of home games the second half of the season. So they're in a good spot. Uh, to start making a run, and we'll see on the injury with Max Patch ready. But there you got Paul Stastny back, and he started to get into the flow. So, a you know, a, a big opportunity for the Golden Knights lies ahead, and we'll see how they're able to handle that, including a bunch of home games this week leading up to Christmas. And you can find all about it at the Review Journal and following along with us on the Golden Edge here on the podcast, which again, I just checked during the show, moved up to number three in the world. There so, you go. I'm excited. Moving on up. I, I credit you for that. So we appreciate you being back. You're back. You'll be back in the mix. And uh, so check Ben out on Twitter. Check myself out as well. is Goats, Adam Hill, LVRJ. Follow David Shane, LVRJ as well. And uh, we'll be out there at the practices, the games, everything, letting you know what's going on. Even if we're not getting answers from the Golden Knights about who's hurt and who's playing, we will keep continue digging and try to find out that information for you. We'll be out there. Follow us along. We'll talk to you again very soon here on the Golden Edge Podcast.